Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 55. I'm your pal, Val, and with me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, Val, on this national week. Uh, it's bittersweet for me, you know, but I'm glad to see you guys are making the trip. Um, and hopefully next week we'll just have so much to talk about in the show that there won't be enough time and uh you know, you and I talked that we would just do kind of an easy week this week. So, yeah, this is, gonna be, this is gonna be kind of the national and Olympic break um, show. Uh, we'll, and then, yeah, next week will be the after national show. So, we'll have a ton to talk about then. Uh, also, make sure you are following the at NASCAR radio uh, for national updates. Uh, Logan's off today. Uh, just a little um, housekeeping. If you're looking for information from some of the other older sets, you can check out the NASCAR Radio archives, the like 1989 Max set. We talk about that on episode 48, the 1988 Max uh, show 38 and 39, the 1987 88 World of Outlaws. That's with the Jeff Gordon at show 40. Some other key ones are going to be 1972 STP, show number 29. The 1983 UNO, show 31. Um, so you can check those in the archive if you, if you want to catch the old archive uh, discussions about those sets. So, But let's kick it off, Jason. All right, so yeah, this was kind of my idea this week, and I you know, come to you earlier uh, a couple of days ago and just kind of wanted to, I guess my suggestion was my point of view from the collecting, because I'm sure the, with our audience, there are the diehards, there's the middle of the road people. And then there are people kind of like me that are middle of the road to still beginner. Um, and I thought it would be a good opportunity and kind of a brief, shorter topic to kind of talk about not necessarily how I collect spe specifically, but kind of how I've gone about collecting um, with kind of the fresh eyeballs um, point of view, especially for me coming from different sports uh, as a pri as primarily collecting, you know, baseball and then a little bit of basketball and football. NASCAR is very new to me and it is, it's different than the others. And we talk about it every week, how the releases are so spread out that you get time to collect. Um, and it's so different than baseball, basketball, football, and even hockey where there are, we'll just throw out a number, 40 releases a year. And with NASCAR, we have four, uh, you know, some years five. So you're talking a tenth of just one of the sports. And if you would add them all up, you know, those big three, baseball, basketball, football, if there's 120 releases there and NASCAR gets four total, you know, you're looking at, two or three percent uh so it's nowhere near 
what the others are and the love that the others get. So I thought it would be a good idea to kind of get the new guys perspective. Um, and then also where you've helped me along the way. That's one of the appealing things to NASCAR. I think, uh, yes, they don't get the number of releases the other sports do, but you know, I've been collecting a long time, just like you, but I remember the days when, you know, you only had one tops release and one Dunhurst release and everything else. So it wasn't um, as hectic, I guess it is, but I like the NASCAR because it's one of the, the lower level sports, even though the viewership is very high um, for TV and um, other ways that people consume the races, but collectability, I don't think it's, Oh, I know it's not there yet, but I like the limited releases because it allows you to collect and collect on your timeline and your, you know, your budget, as well as in that quiet time where there's no release to go after other things, older sets. And that's what I've done during collecting is uh, look at some of the older sets and collect those like 2000 going after Jimmy Johnson and stuff. But as a new collector, you know, I don't think people realize that there's been a, at least one set produced since 1988, which I think is pretty amazing considering it's, you know, not even in the top four. And that, you know, if you were born between 1988 and now you, there's a set from your birth year, which, you know, uh, people like to give sets, uh, you know, for children when when they're born and stuff like that. But I guess to sh show the longevity of NASCAR, because I don't think people really know that. Um, and NASCAR rookies aren't like other rookies, and the sport is not like the other sports. And it definitely is a team sport, but the driver is the one who gets all the credit or all the blame, you know. Um, like kind of like quarterback is yeah absolutely football but you know the offensive line or defensive line maybe a couple of those guys stand out but all the other ones uh don't get the fame but they're you know a important part of the team yeah i would agree with you wholeheartedly um i like the limited number of releases and again that's a personal opinion you know that we agree on. And I know everybody doesn't feel that same way, but when you look at the releases, you know, let's just take 2021. For example, you have Donruss Chronicles, Prism, National Treasures. Now those are the only four this year, correct? Yes. That okay. I know. So when you have those four 2020 and 2021, were kind of weird years for pricing and things went crazy everywhere. But in general, you're looking at Don Ross is probably under a hundred a box, um, depending on what happens, but it probably releases on a normal year, like 75 or 80. Prism is what, probably 120 normally for a hobby box. I, I think so, yeah. I think uh pre COVID, uh, Prism was, was, you know, Prism and Chronicles were about the same price point, about 120 
125, I think. Right. Donors was was the lower end, and then National Treasures naturally is the is the higher end. So, right. you know, I think they have the two middle, the one high, and the and the one low. And then we had our survey last year where uh, people loved the Chronicles, and then um, like the diehards, I, I think, in the Nuts group. But then on Twitter, everybody liked you know the Prism shiny stuff. So, right, and I think. You know, like you said, there's the one kind of lower end, two in the middle, and one one high, which would be National Treasures. It goes from $100, $120 with Prism and Chronicles to, what is it, $3,350 for National Treasures. So it goes from very mid to, I, I mean, I would say very high. You know, for a hobby box, National Treasures is about as high as it gets um minus a couple things that like tops has done dynasty and things like that but those haven't been around very long and national treasures kind of has a decent history um five plus years or so um and they've kind of kind of established that brand but i think when you're looking at it from the collecting standpoint it's a huge jump from 120 to 300 and I think the ones that won't buy the 300 never will. I think they'll spend 300 and get 30 cards of the driver that they want. So they're going to kind of shun that one regardless. Um, and then probably stay middle to the lower with Prism, Donruss, and Chronicles. And then other years we had certified um, Torque select it's kind of changed over the years uh but don russ has been the constant and don russ is, is essentially the nascar version of tops right now um but they kind of hit panini has done a good job and they hit all collectors with the limited amount of releases they have Don Russ is your set builders. Prism is your color guys. Chronicles is for your people that kind of like to just buy stuff. And National Treasures is for your gambler. And I don't think you can do it any better. Um, this definitely harkens back to 1989, 1991, where you have Don Russ, Fleer, Score, Tops, Upper Deck, and that's it. But they were all different enough to where you were brand loyal almost like guys are with nike reebok you know they were because i can think right now if you would look at 90 fleer versus 90 tops 90 don russ you have a colorful border a white border a red border and then the upper deck was a different cardstock where it was that premium where they were all so different so you you kind of as a collector picked your favorite and that's kind of what panini does has done with with nascar yeah i think you know with the addition of chronicles a lot of the collectors for nascar are driver collectors and you know they're chasing all of the parallels i think for the national treasures that is really not something that the collector buys and breaks but more um participates in box breaks i think that's more of the national treasures 
And I, I, we really didn't talk about, but NASCAR guys are cheap. They're used to having cheap wax, getting their play their drivers for cheap. Uh, I saw a post the other day. I think it was, I don't know if it was on a nuts or one of the other one where somebody had, I guess either had bid or paid what they thought was too much for must've been one of the drivers that they collect. So, um, you know, they weren't happy with, but now with the state of all, all the hobby, there's more eyes looking at NASCAR opportunities. We saw that with the Chronicle boxes that on the pre-sale jumped to 250. And I don't know if that was kind of the test of waters and to see, or to starve off um, flippers or whatever. But then as it got closer to the release, I think it was just a few weeks before the release, it dropped down to 150, I believe it was, or 125. Uh, Panini had Chronicles for 120 on their site. But I think sold out within four or five hour, four or five minutes, and uh, there was limit of five per person. Um, so, but the, I guess spinning back, the NASCAR guys are used to you know cheap wax, getting their cards are cheap. So, um, a lot of the other, I guess, speculative haven't come in. There is some in like 2018 Prism and stuff like that for Haley Deacon, but uh, for the most part. The prices are pretty reasonable considering the state of the hobby with all the other sports. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time that when we're doing the show, you know, live to us when we're recording and we talk about this certain card and then two minutes later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I bought it on Calm C for 350 you know, or whatever. And you can't do that with the other sports. You know, if you look at I'm, – I'm not – I'm shooting numbers off the top of my head, but I don't think they're too far off. But if you would look at somebody like, you know, a Troy Aikman rookie card – you're depending on the brand, you're looking 10, 20, 30, $50 versus, you know, somebody like Jimmy Johnson. What's his rookie card going to run you right now? I can't imagine it's the same. And then you I also have 10 bucks max. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to, I guess, when it's a Hall of Famer, speculate's not the right word, but it's a lot easier to, do certain types of collections in NASCAR that you can't do as easily in other sports. And that was one of the topics I was going to bring up was, you know, collecting hall of fame rookie cards, but you know, we'll go into that here in a minute. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The, the prices for, for NASCAR cards are not even in the same ballpark as you know, what the, the other three big three or four sports are. I, mean, I guess it's good and bad right now. Uh, it's great for the collector. Uh, I guess bad when the speculators come, but you know, looking at, you mentioned Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, uh, Danny Hamlin, Martin Truex, even Chase Elliott. Um, 
Now, Chase might be a little higher right now because uh, he's doing well. But some of the other drivers I mentioned are either retired or not doing very well. But they're solid Hall of Famers. Uh, but we do have the speculative, like, um, who's the hot rookie in baseball? I know um, the people are going nuts. And even for the prospects in Bowman and stuff like that. So we do have that with Ty Gibbs. There, right. there's a lot of right. speculative on him, and right now he's he's driving uh, lights out, so he's doing very well. And then Haley Deegan, so I see some of that speculative for them, but everybody else is kind of uh, nowhere near. When Ty when Ty Gibbs is selling for more than Jimmy Johnson, that's what makes me pause or uh, a Haley Deegan autograph more than a Jimmy Johnson autograph. You know, I'd rather have the, the Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, it's that thing that, you know, everybody talks about. and It's kind of that analogy with kids playing with electronics and we played with, you know, cards and bicycles, you know, years ago. But I, it's tough because I'm very much a set collector. I love the history. I love knowing how cards are made and you know the story behind say a forgotten card in a set and whose fault it was and all that crazy stuff and i love reading and catching up on my old stuff but i'm just as guilty as the next person of oh there's new stuff coming out at walmart this friday i better go check and see what's going on you know so it's that thing of the shiny new toy is getting dangled in front of me but I still love my go-to of 1990 tops as much as 2021 tops. You know, it's just it's just the new thing in the store, and I got to go get it. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's where a lot of that comes from. But when you were talking about it, it made me think of a question for you because you've been in this way longer than I have. I grew up with NASCAR cards being max pro set a little bit of upper deck and then press pass press pass were the big boys we didn't have you know tops chrome refractor rookies and panini prisms and all that stuff and optic do you think and forget about the shiny new toy being the new driver like Danica or haley deegan when somebody new comes out, they're popular because there's the speculation. But do you think there's the added bonus right now? Because we do have brands like Chase Elliott's rookie card. We've said it a million times. It's certified. Haley Deegan has optic silvers and hollows and all that prism. And Ty Gibbs is the same way. Do you think the addition from Panini of the literal shiny cards is helping collectors stay focused on the new rather than focusing on the historical part of getting a Jimmy Johnson rookie card. I, you know, Panini is fighting, uh, I don't say uphill battle and they've done a great job. You know, they came into the sport in 2016 
Uh, I don't know if you remember, but Brian Gray had come on. I think it was a hobby hotline. He was talking about he was bidding on the NASCAR license. And basically, he's, he bid nothing. <laughs> he said um, that, uh, that you know, that, or they should be paying him to produce NASCAR or whatever. So, but Panini came in with a better bid, naturally. But, you know, Press Pass, I don't think, did a good job. They made cards, but in this day and age, or because it, you know, Press Pass was the only one for a while, they just kind of rode that coattails without trying to increase the brand at all with collectors. I, As I'm sitting here telling you, I remember being at the NASCAR Hall of Fame and it was an autograph session that they were having and I had some cards out and the people behind me saw them and they were intrigued. They're like, what, what is that? And I said, well, you know, it's you know, bank baseball cards for NASCAR. And they're like, well, where do you get them? And they were fans of the sport, but how did they not know that? But I don't know if there's this thing about die cast that, or because people grew up with hot wheels and stuff and they go to die cast, but they don't know about the card. So Panini has been working on increasing that. And I think they realized that and that, that, sponsorship of Greg Galding and the Panini car with the Panini car running around on the track and getting some exposure and doing the other stuff they did. Uh, I think there was Mahomes uh, hood and just showing that, Hey, there are trading cards and there are for NASCAR as well as these other sports. And so they're helping, um, you know, you would think that when you paid NASCAR a you know a fee or whatever to to do the cards that they would help you, uh, but I don't think that's you know it, it at all. And I had met met Mike Joy and was trying to get him you know to, to talk about NASCAR trading cards, and he he remembered them from the early days from the '90s because he had some cards, but he didn't know they made cards anymore. You know, he thought, you know, they didn't make cards anymore. And I was like, no, you know, Panini's been making cards. Uh, Panini made that Fox announcer set after that. But I think if they could incorporate some more stuff or they're working on trying to increase that base, I don't know if that... So they're good at making cards like Press Pass. They did, had great customer service and made great cards all these innovations, but if I, when I went to the NASCAR Hall of Fame to the gift center, they didn't have any cards. Press Pass didn't have any cards. They were located in Charlotte or just north of Charlotte. Oh, that's right. So when I asked the guy about it, he's like, oh, yeah, we have stuff. And it wasn't trading cards at all. It was like these postcards or something. Right. And, and not cards. So it's like, I think, you know, there was some this disconnect and, um, you know, Panini's fighting that battle. This is one of the reasons why, you know, we're doing the podcast is uh, to talk about this because n nobody in the world is talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they've been making sets since 1980 every year. There's sets before that, whatever. So, you know, we're, we're trying to educate folks as well. I know Panini's working on it. And, um, 
so you know just trying to increase that fan base uh and with trading cards and then with the popularity right now of trading cards um hopefully it it helps with nascar you know and i'm glad that you brought it up and you brought up a really good point and it's something that i just saw the other day <clears throat> where tops put their I don't know if it's National Baseball Card Day. I think that's what it is, where each Major League Baseball stadium is going to give away those packs of three or four cards where they all – I think the one year last year – it was, probably wasn't last year. It must have been like the year before. Um, I think the set was like 150 cards. Each team had around five per, you know, five players per team featured in the set, 30 teams, about 150 cards. And each team had one of their promotional days was the tops baseball card giveaway day. And I'm really surprised and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think NASCAR, I don't think Panini has done anything like that. And Panini, excuse me, now I'm flipping it backwards. I don't think Panini has done that. And NASCAR is such a fan-driven sport, so much more than sport like baseball. Yes, it's fan-driven, but with 162 games and teams like the Tampa Bay Rays that have a 1,000 people per game, it's not fan-driven the same way that NASCAR is fan-driven, where people were showing up in all the logo gear, um, I was a store manager for lids years ago when Dale jr. Switched and I had never sold so many NASCAR hats in my life. And, you know, it is so fan driven and Panini to, in my opinion, is not taking advantage of that. You know, you bring up some great points and I think we've talked about it on previous shows there's this because like to your point i think you know you have all these tracks uh, some of them some of them happen twice a year that there's this great opportunity to you know reach the fan and i don't know if penny hasn't tried or has tried and then there's stuff that we don't know about in the back end but i can tell you from going to charlotte Motor speedway the program uh, comes with a matchbox car and the matchbox car has a, the the last two digits yeah, okay. of the year it's in uh before he passed away sam bass did the cover of the program but because i just thought they could produce a card set or some cards or a card per each track if they didn't want to go that route and wanted to go cheaper uh you know, do the stickers like Major League Baseball stickers or football stickers and do NASCAR and give out some packs of stickers to the kids at the tracks to and then produce a sticker book. Not to cut you off totally, okay. but why do they not have sticker books? I have never thought of that in my entire life. Why do they not have sticker books? Because there are enough drivers, there are multiple levels, there are enough racetracks to where you can do those multi-sticker things to where they make a square 
where there's four stickers that make the picture of the racetrack. Sorry about what the hell are they doing? <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, at the I'll have to try to talk to them again. But you know, I always look at the eighty eight max set. The eighty eight max set has track cards, and you flip it over, and it's got their phone number, and I want to say some more information, the track layouts. And I, in the day and age of social media, I can see a track card, flip it over the back, their Twitter, Instagram, phone number, track layout, whatever else you want to do. Um, it's an easy, I don't know how many tracks there are, 20, 25, or whatever. Um, you know, and again, you could do that in a sticker book. I don't know if Panini wants to put the time in to do that, if it's a risk, if it's not worth the money to grow it. Uh, it's like we had Panini Instant. Um, you know, they had low numbers, and but that was scrapped in 2017. The hobby has totally changed right. since 2017. But I don't know if they have the manpower. They're They're so busy putting out these whatever it is you said 120 other sets um that but that's also the up. other part of it where if you're doing 120 sets nobody is going to miss one set from each sport if they don't know that it was ever on the chopping block and it's not like a product is scheduled for release and then it gets canceled and people are mad you could just not come up with one new product the next year and send all that money and those funds over to NASCAR. But, you know, we're not running that show down there. So, <laughs> and the of course, you know, we're, I'm going to be biased because I, yeah, I think there should be, you know, more NASCAR stuff. But I think the ideas all make sense. I just don't see how you one sport gets four releases and another sport gets 40. I get it. Football is millions of dollars, billions of dollars, and NASCAR is NASCAR is probably millions. Football is probably billions. I'm not saying it's one million versus a hundred billion, so please don't ridicule me. But at no, the no, same no. time, I know there's a difference. I'm not an idiot. But going back to the promotional giveaways, they there's two things that they could do. They could take the crap load of leftover Don Rust that they make because we all know it's like tops, and that is your that's your penny candy essentially. All those leftover packs don't do anything with them and just send the Daytona 500 or in Daytona Fort, whatever, send Daytona. 70 cases of Donruss packs and say, give them out until they're gone, one to every person that comes in, or whatever. Or if they wanted to take it a step further, take all those Donruss cards, make a foil stamp, and all of a sudden you have a race-specific card that some kid might care about, and that kid might spend a million dollars on cards in his lifetime. And it's, it's just that thing... And we're not talking about anything that we said we were going to, but that's okay. <laughs> that's the so that's the easy stuff that these thing these companies aren't doing. 
and even tops that people like to complain about, at least they're doing one giveaway per stadium every year. Why is Panini not doing one giveaway per racetrack? Even if they did it on a rotating basis and did five a year, you know, whatever the length of their contract is, say they have a six-year contract and you said there's 29 racetracks, well, that's six a year and you can hit them all in that or five a year, whatever I said. But we could hit them all throughout that contract, and then they've more than fulfilled their obligation. Yeah, I don't know if they have those contacts or relationships at the track level. You know, NASCAR is its own corporate, and then the tracks are their own. It's a different animal for sure. It totally makes sense, and I don't like I said I don't know if they've tried this and didn't get any response back from it because it's got to be a two-way street, right? Um, Panini might want to do it, but the tracks might not want to do it. Uh, I've been trying to get the NASCAR Hall of Fame to produce something for its members, and you know they produce when you become uh, an annual member and get a membership at the Hall of Fame, they give you a die cast of, you know, I guess the the pictures of the, and the year of the people who get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And so we've been getting that for the last, you know, 10 years. But, you know, it'd be nice to have some kind of trade card set, even if it's a Dunruss set stamped with the NASCAR Hall of Fame logo, and make it a unique parallel, kind of like what Tops does. Well, you know they do it for football. Yeah. So, um, but again, that's the NASCAR Hall of Fame having to reach out and and do that, I guess, and pay, you know, Panini to do that or whatever. So, it, it I guess it needs to be a desire on the other side. And I guess the trading card collector is not as big or vocal as, you know, football or whatever. So, but I, I'm totally there with you. I don't know. It's one of those things where I've been to the Hall, of, the Football Hall of Fame once, and it was the year that Jerome Bettis got inducted. So I don't know what that was, like 2015 or something. And in their massive Hall of Fame gift shop, you know, in one of those racks on like a little spinner, there's a bunch of card sets and they were the hall of fame members however many people got inducted that year they each got a card you know some sets were eight cards some were nine you know whatever but it's a little card set in a clear cellophane wrapper less than 10 bucks i want to say like five or six dollars it wasn't anything special, but to me, as the card collector, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to get a couple of these. One to open, one to keep sealed, one for my son. You know, that thing. It's not like it took up a lot of real estate in the store. And I know they're not making, well, you know, I imagine they're not making a ton of money off of those. But they're also not putting a ton into it, obviously, with the clear cellophane wrapper. It's not even getting the tops uh the tops now treatment where they all get those cardboard envelopes to just say tops now it's not even getting that 
So they're not putting a lot of money into it, but also I was pumped as could be when I found it. I didn't care that it was in a clear cellophane wrapper, but it, to me it was, this is significant of me being there that year. And for something like that, charge an extra three bucks on the NASCAR membership and give them a set or, you know, do something, you know, something like that. I just don't see where they can do it for other sports and not, not NASCAR, but you know, there's a lot of things that could change too. Well, I, like I said that there's some kind of something about cards to my knowledge, the NASCAR Hall of Fame has never had a trading card exhibit. Uh, if you go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame uh, gift shop, there are T-shirts and books, some photos of the tracks and stuff, and then a lots of diecasts. I think they had packs of Dunruss for sale. I haven't been there in, in a while, but there were some cards. But for the most part, diecasts, uh, expensive diecasts, uh, signed diecasts uh, in the display cases and stuff. So. Right. Um. Yeah, it just you know, because I've been you know was talking to me and Logan for a few years about trying to get them to have some kind of trading card exhibit because I know at the Baseball Hall of Fame there's stuff. Uh, even if they had a set of '88 Max and some other stuff in there, uh, I, I thought it would be cool. So you know, maybe in the future something like that. But uh, it just seems like. You know, we're, we're swim, trying to swim upstream. Yeah. I, I, there's obviously there's tons of things that they could do. And I think we're giving decent suggestions. It's just the right person needs to listen. Um, but going back to the beginning in, of the show and what I said that I was going to do and I have not done in these 40 minutes that we've been recording. I do want to say just real briefly in real um, just quickly before we do, before we end this, me coming as an outside NASCAR collector with little experience, there are a couple of things to watch out for. If you are the type of person that likes all of your cards to be the same, this is probably not for you. Um, because like you said, there have been card sets consistently since 88, but there have also been a handful of manufacturers that have gone away. So if you are the type of person that wants the tops rookie cards of Hall of Famers, or if you collect silver sluggers or you know something like that, MVPs, whatever your collection is, if you have a goal in mind, all of your cards will not be the same. Um, and especially getting into the old, which would be, say, Max Pro Set, where they are the base cards, and getting into now, where you're looking at Optic Prism and shiny stuff, it's totally different. What I will say is, Start with the Hall of Fame first because a Hall of Fame collection for NASCAR is not the same 
as a Hall of Fame collection in the other sports, and that's based off of price. You can spend $30 in one sport and get one card, where in NASCAR you could probably get five or six, and the people will either be current Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers. Um, or, you know, a couple of those guys that are personal opinion maybe should have been in, depends on who you're talking to kind of person. Um, that is what I did. Um, I'm a set collector by nature, but with NASCAR, I'm not as involved with it as I am with other sports. So I kind of said, let's do best of the best. I'm not an autograph collector. So I kind of went with the next best thing, in my opinion. And I have been picking up, and you'll hear it happen on the show, like I've already said, Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame rookie cards. And I've nowhere near broke the bank on anybody. You know, there's a couple guys, Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt, where I probably won't get them. They might be the last, but other guys like Jimmy Johnson or Kyle Busch or these guys that were household names, Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon, down the line, they're not that expensive. So I can do a lot of damage with 100 bucks compared to football, baseball, basketball. So that is my kind of tip. Um Start with Hall of Fame because you're not going to break the bank. Um, and the way that NASCAR cards are, and I think you will agree with me, they can't really go down. You know, And I don't mean this in a negative way. We're kind of already at the bottom of the barrel when you compare it to the other sports. But as we saw with COVID, everything took an uptick, including wrestling cards. So everything has the possibility to go up. And NASCAR, where we are, we're starting at the bottom. I don't think we can really go any farther down. I think it's only up from here. And I think a lot of the things that we talked about on the show today, the promotional aspect, if they ever get their butts in line and start doing this stuff, I think the collection that somebody starts today will increase you know, that much faster. You know, I have that kind of the same outlook. I think there's so much potential for NASCAR, and I think if they can get either the stars aligned or, you know, they're tr they're working on making a better product or having a better product for folks to watch with the playoff situation. Uh, I think they have a lot of young rookies coming up through the system that that wasn't necessarily the case years ago, but there are a lot of rookies now. Um, and I think, I know that this is a lot to put on her, but on Haley Deegan, where she wants to race. Uh, it's not that Danica didn't want to race, but she, you know, she's actually said that uh, I think, her family, they could have bought a boat or a go-kart and they got the go-kart. And so she learned to drive very well. And, um, you know, she, 
drove Indy, which is totally different than NASCAR. And they, I want to say they, they rushed her up. Um, but I think Danica wasn't, you know, born to race. And you look at Haley Deegan and that's all she wants to do. And where I'm going with this is when Danica left the sport, there was a huge vacuum for the female fan. And I think that if Haley Deegan can work her way up to the higher levels and do very well or win, I think it will bring that female fan back. That NASCAR racing in general allows women and men to compete on the same track, field, whatever. There's no basketball, women's basketball, female soccer, men's soccer, that she can go out and compete with men head-to-head. And I think, um, without sounding whatever, that I think that's appealing and brings uh, all the female fans possibly back to the sport that, that we're watching when I was getting autographs during that time in the early 2010s, you know, the women were there to get Danica's autograph. Um, so there was definitely that presence there. So and I think Haley's got a, you know, it's probably not fair to put that pressure on her, but uh, she's definitely has some talent and has done pretty well in the truck series. You know, I think that's kind of one of those wild cards for NASCAR, as well as you know, moving the format around, moving tracks around, getting rid of the old, um, I guess, stereotypes and stuff like that of NASCAR, and and with Pitbull, uh, with Trackhouse, with Jordan. Michael Jordan coming yeah. in. Uh, there's actually been a massive amount of interest in new teams for NASCAR. NASCAR's going to the next gen to make to bring down costs even more to try to to you know have that entry level for new teams. So you know ARCA truck you know this is cheaper than Xfinity and, and Cup. So uh, you know NASCAR's is working on that too. So all that being said, they are trying to work on the product and make it more appealing. And if that happens, then, you know, that also brings possibly more collectors. Yeah. And I'll kind of wrap it up for me and say, we've kind of been at that standstill of four or five products a year. And I think if we would go, let's just say next year, if they would come out and say, 2022 we're going to come out with six products i think all of our eyes would be you know open as much as possible and bright you know just shocked as hell and it's not that something's going from four to six but something is increasing by 50 percent you know that would be the equivalent of my argument earlier if football went from 40 to 60 i can only imagine the holy crap moments that people would be having and i think when you scale it down for the nascar collectors if they came out next year and said we're gonna have six products i think it would be the same holy crap moment 
and then if they continued, and I'm not saying every year it goes, you know, six and eight and ten, but even if we see that steady increase every couple of years of five products, then six and seven, we will know that everything's going in the right direction, and they are slowly gaining confidence in the sports and it or in the sport and in the brands, um, and then that's where I'll let it rest for tonight. I think, you know, I'd love to see the Panini Instant come back. I think they're missing a huge opportunity when drivers get their first win or as a um, as a fan, being able to collect every driver's win from their first one right. up until, you know, if you could – uh, Kyle Larson, his wins, or Chase Elliott, all his wins. We had a bunch of you know winners this year, first-time winners. Christopher Bell, I believe, just is jumps out at me. But to be able to, you know, over time, collect those. So back in 2017, there were three first-time winners: Ryan Blaney, Austin Dillon, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Now I did buy. The Ryan Blaney because you know that was his first win, and I, and I was planning on you know collecting all the other Ryan Blaney wins. You know, also it makes a great uh, card to get autographed as well, which which I've done. So Austin Dillon the same way he's won a few. So I think that's something. I don't know if they've they've recognized that or not. Uh, I think we talked about it last week. It would be great to, if they had one with the Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush. The brothers, yep. Yeah. So I think I know it is extra work and definitely having to deal with the licensing and everything else. But um, you know, I'm I'm hoping, you know, that comes back and that shows that the demand for NASCAR because F one and the tops now with F one with thousands of cars in the print run. Which blows my mind. Yeah, and then the prices for those as well. So it seems like, you know, the sport is doing well. The sport's going in the right direction. Hopefully the cards will continue. And with Panini sponsoring the car as well, and maybe um, uh, it wasn't even Panini. Actually, I don't know if we talked about this, but when this comes out, uh, Ty Dillon will be at the ComC booth on Friday and Saturday. Um, I think which for an hour. shocked me. Was that? Which shocked me. Yeah, I wish I would have known about it a little bit earlier, but um, again, this is we're recording this way before that happens, but uh, from the blog post on Check My Cards, he's a card collector, so uh, me and Logan are going to try to talk to him and maybe try to uh, see if we can get him on the show in the future. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Yep. So to your point, um, you know, so there's going to have the one driver at at the show. He's not actually going to be an autograph pavilion, but he's there as a guest for check him out the card. So, uh, you know, any publicity is, I guess, good publicity for right. drivers. And and see again. Oh wait, they are given. Isn't there a promo card for him that they're giving away? I think they're having, they mentioned 100 cards each day 
and there'll be a drawing you have to enter each day uh, and they will have them autographed is it JSA certified and put into your account is it a panini card uh, they did not say that'll be interesting to see what it is um, and then we'll have to discuss that see if panini was on it or if somebody dropped the ball there or see what happens uh because the contracts right now are a big deal and with the exclusives I, i'm really curious to see who's making that card and if he's in a suit or if he's in a street clothes or you know what it is I, i'm very curious to see yeah we will definitely report back next week um with our interaction with Ty, with Ty, yeah, Ty Dillon, and then also uh, if the, the cards and stuff like that. So we're going to try to talk to him and uh, talk to him about cards, as well as I'm having his dad has a card from the 1999 Press Pass, so we want to give him one of those, as well as one of his grandfather, Richard Childress. So, nice. yeah. So, I mean, as a card collector, we'll find out what kind of cards he collects. Just because he's in NASCAR doesn't mean he collects NASCAR cards. So, right. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, since our podcast is de- geared towards trading cards, uh, again, over all the different sports, tra- collecting cards is collecting cards. It might be a little bit different, but for the most part, um, a lot of things are similar. So, Yep. Yeah, I mean, I... I loved today's conversation because I think it's stuff that we always talk about off air and definitely things that you and you and I have talked about because I have hit you with a bunch of questions of how to collect and what to look for. So uh, I definitely think it's important for people to know going forward. And then I'm kind of curious as to what's going to happen in the national and kind of footprint footprint uh racing has so i'll be excited to talk to you guys next week for sure it will be exciting to talk to you as well and let all the listeners know uh what we saw and what kind of presence after this pandemic nascar has at the show yeah. i guess we'll leave it there yep that works for me well thanks everybody for listening If you will like, share the podcast with your friends, share NASCAR trading cards with them as well. And from me and Jason and Logan, we will talk to you next week after the national.